podcast. Hello. It is podcast time. Yes, greetings. I am Tommy. I am the host. This is episode number four of the 2024 Arch Independent Podcast Series. I would like to use the opening segment to tie together the concepts that the show has been discussing up to this point. The foundation is human nature itself. What observations can we make about our tendencies at scale? I mean, obviously, we all eat, shit, sleep. This is more talking about behavioral patterns. And one of the big ones is referred to in an infamous quote, People will forgive you for being wrong, but they will never forgive you for being right. Especially if events prove you right while proving them wrong. It seems that we, as a species, do not like being proven wrong. In fact, we often hate it so much that we will lash out at the people who were right. It is truly bizarre behavior, but it's also very much human nature. I think we have to understand and appreciate that undercurrent. We have to realize that at scale, most people will not take kindly if events prove their beliefs are wrong. That is element number one. Next, we have our current environment of extreme polarization. We could do an entire segment on the history of how this polarization came to be the new normal, but trying to stay a bit more streamlined here, the key observation is that people are highly divided at the moment. And there are now entire industries that market to and encourage that extreme polarization. It seems that divisive content can be a real solid revenue driver. Uh, We even had to modernize our language and create terms like clickbait to describe that form of marketing and content. Altogether, we get element number two, extreme polarization at scale the whole with us or against us thing. And when element number two, the extreme polarization, gets together with element number one, human nature, and hating to have our beliefs proven wrong, we end up with post-truth world. That is the amazing situation we have now in society and politics. The boundary between truth and fiction is just gone. It is completely erased. We have replaced legitimate knowledge, facts, evidence. We've replaced all that. Now it's just a never-ending series of fake narratives that are meant to comfort folks so they never have to be proven wrong. We just get rid of anything that might be contrary to our ideology. And massive media industries help us live the role every step of the way. That's the quick summary of the concepts of the 2024 Arch Independent Podcast series. I think it's really fascinating because it's so goddamn strange. We live in this awesome anomaly. I think 
most people would say they appreciate being corrected when they're wrong. But in reality, most people don't. That's element number one, human nature. We see that most times people hate anyone that proves them wrong. They do not appreciate it. Not one bit. <laughs> Similarly, element number two, our current extreme polarization, most people would say that they're tolerant. But in reality, they aren't. They can't stand people who do not share their opinions. And throughout history, we see this as well. Dissidents and outliers are viciously attacked. We are not a tolerant species, not one bit. But folks will always say they want a disturbing truth rather than a comforting lie. They will say they are tolerant and they would never discriminate. But it's really just a phony appearance, a virtue signal, if you will. Actions always tell the real story. My show continues to devote time to the COVID response because it puts all of these concepts in such clear light. We don't have to guess at how element number one and element number two produce absolutely ghoulish behaviors. We can just look at how the jab right treated innocent people, people who just exercised the basic civil right of informed consent. COVID experience lets us all see so clearly that essentially nobody has the integrity to be accountable for any of the huge mistakes that they made. We live in this post-truth world because at scale, most people want to live in a post-truth world. In fact, we actively cultivate it. We keep building bigger and bigger bubbles to live in so we can keep the movie rolling. As I've said, there are entire media empires. There's entire technology platforms that exist solely to serve comforting lies and confirm biases. It is pretty much the exact opposite of how an advanced civilization would operate. We're attempting to build a society where nobody ever has to confront mistaken beliefs. And that's kind of badass. <laughs> I mean, as always, I want to be clear. I am not presenting this on my podcast as a complaint. Do I think it's unfortunate that we're kind of a stupid and backward society? Yeah, but I'm not firing up these microphones to rant about it. There is no requirement that anyone be studious or knowledgeable. There is no requirement that people appreciate facts or evidence to each their own sincerely. Create whatever cartoon world feels good and ride it till the wheels come off. If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Me, my podcast, I'm endlessly amazed studying how we managed to create these post-truth world conditions at such a massive scale. It's really impressive because post-truth covers the entire spectrum. This cuts across all political, gender, racial lines. No one is immune. People from every walk of life regularly make the choice to just block out certain elements of reality. It's human nature. We generally want to follow the path of least resistance. And that is cyclical. 
We see this stuff throughout history, time and time again. But there is one more thing, a third element, if you will, a very important element, and that element is the dominant culture of any given era. And this was meant to be the final prong of the first few episodes of this AI 2024 series, the dominant culture, element three. Throughout human history, the dominant culture generally behaves very badly, homies. It's not new. It's not unusual. We could do another launch here to a full separate segment covering the history of dominant cultures, but trying to stay streamlined. Generally, the dominant culture rises to power, often starting with a truly benign mission. But as they become the dominant cultural force, they begin to oppress and stigmatize dissent. The dominant culture becomes a brutal enforcer, clamping down on any deviation from their beliefs. The dominant culture almost always censors and controls speech, and failing to accept the dominant belief becomes heresy and often is criminalized with dissidents being imprisoned, exiled, or outright murders. Hell, a lot of the times the murders happened right in public, mobs of fanatics cheering on the demise of their perceived enemies. Wild stuff. The human history not always pretty, but highly cyclical happens over and over again. Hence, the Arch Independent Podcast has focused on the current dominant culture and their adaptation of this post-truth world, and that has meant a more detailed look at leftist doctrines, because that is what controls in most situations. And to better understand how future events are most likely going to unfold, we need to understand the current state. How do post-truth leftist beliefs impact society at scale? In the first couple of shows, I played some clips, laid out some examples of what that looks like in practice. And I should pause again just for clarity. This is not a segment to rant against leftist culture. I do find most of their doctrines to be hideous, but I find most dominant culture doctrines throughout history to be hideous. It's not an op-ed about flawed ideologies. It's supposed to be a documentary-style show about how element number one and element number two come together at scale and produce post-truth world, and then how is that post-truth world paradigm utilized by element number three, the current dominant culture? That should guide some of our expectations for what's going to happen in 2024 and beyond. The fact is, we are at a super polarized moment in history. We are such psychos that we politicized the response to a pandemic. <laughs> Bully. The whole thing became a political exercise. It is impossible to overstate how crazy that is. It's impossible to overstate how hysterical and unscientific the dominant culture proved to be during the COVID response. Every single one of us should be embarrassed for our behavior as a species, but we are not because we do not have to be. Folks can just curl up inside the post-truth bubble and surround themselves with phony narratives. We never 
have to admit that we were wrong about anything. We never have to acknowledge a single uncomfortable fact. Our society is completely disconnected from reality, and we like it like this. We are the psycho goofy meme. I'll fucking do it again! <laughs> Alright, let's get back to documenting post-truth world. Here is a clip from the recent World Economic Forum. When there's a big, big news event, a big world event, people still come to the legacy brands. We still have a lot of trust. But I think you only have to go back. I think, I think we have to maintain that trust and we have to work at maintaining it in a way that we didn't have to do not so long ago. So if you go back really not, not that long ago, as I say, we kind of, we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers and we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. That was Wall Street Journal Editor-in-Chief Emma Tucker. I appreciate how directly Miss Tucker stated it. She basically just admits that media are not designed to be legitimate journalists. They're designed to be gatekeepers and rank propagandists. They have no real interest in reporting news and information as a journalistic endeavor. They are not here to help the reader have a better understanding of the world. They are here to shape opinion. Their desire is to nudge the reader's opinion towards their desired outcome. And if they have to be disingenuous in order to achieve that goal, they are fine with it. So we have our foundation already. As a society, we want this post-truth world. On top of that, we have this media industry that is actively trying to mislead us. That becomes quite a one-two punch. That is why we can literally have years of media coverage on something as crazy as the collusion fairy tale. People do not care if it's true or not. The people reporting on it don't care if it's true. The people consuming it don't care if it's true. The accuracy of a story is pretty much the least important thing. This is how we can have people earnestly calling January 6th an insurrection. This is how we can change the definition of vaccine to cover an untested jab that doesn't prevent infection or transmission. At scale, people do not care about facts, the accuracy of information, and that means the people reporting it and the people consuming it. They're all in it together. It's very harmonious. They either want their beliefs confirmed or they want to go along to get along to avoid conflict with the psychos who want their beliefs confirmed. So let's get a break and then come back and talk a bit more. Hey now. Yes, for those wondering, that is me playing an old Led Zeppelin song over a drum track. I'm so scary talented. Anyway, back to the show. When talking about post-truth world and beliefs regardless of facts and evidence, is there a better example of that than 
climate doom prophets. For essentially my entire life, I have had to endure the climate extremists and all their lunatic end-of-the-world prophecies. Element number one, of course, very much in play here. Folks do not like hearing about how their climate doom delusions have been proven wrong time and time again. Element number two, also very much in play here. Climate, a very polarizing topic, well over the line. It's full-on religious crusade level for a lot of people at this point. They'll glue themselves to highways, throw soup at famous paintings and stuff. It's perfect post-truth world. But I do not want to drive the show into a ditch by doing a lengthy history of climate extremists. I do need a quick summary, though. Let me phrase it like this. Humans, much like every other organism on the planet, have an impact on the ecosystem. The ecosystem is incredibly complex, and to date, there is no legitimate data of any link between human activity and harmful CO2 conditions at a planetary level. There is tons of data that show humans cause regional harms to the environment. We slam oil tankers into coastlines, we melted down a couple of nuclear reactors, set off a bunch of atomic bombs in the desert, dropped a few on cities. None of that is good for the ecosystem. The environment does not like atomic weapons, nuclear meltdowns, oil tanker crashes. We also have factories that spew soot, smoke, we have cities where folks sit in gridlock traffic with idling automobiles producing smog. Some regions have terribly contaminated air. Other regions have industries dumping chemical waste into their water supplies. But with all of these things, you can directly trace the cause. But these verifiable pollution incidents, that is not what the extremists are talking about. What they are talking about is planetary climate itself, CO2 levels, things like that. Even though there is no data or evidence that shows our current CO2 level is a threat of any kind. But in post-truth world, there does not need to be any evidence. Especially when you have element number three, the dominant culture here, and they're constantly pushing out these wacky fairy tales about the end of the world and how you can be a hero that saves the planet from climate doom. Turns out people really like hearing that they are a hero who's saving the planet, so it's going to be really hard to get them divested from that narrative. And if you come along and start pointing out how these climate doomsday prophecies have not come true, they're not going to appreciate that. No, no. They're going to stomp around saying stuff like, the science is settled. Oh boy, the science is settled. How many people even know that courts made schools put a disclaimer on the Al Gore Inconvenient Truth documentary? Yes, the godfather of goofy climate doomsday prophecies himself, Al Gore. In England, government officials put an inconvenient truth into schools as part of the science curriculum. Now, there's some dominant culture for you. 
leftists can insert their ideology into the schools because they control the institutions. Same way the religious right used to force kids to pray when they were the dominant culture, we just swapped out you're going to hell for the world will end in five years. It's always one kooky cult or another. Anyway, an inconvenient truth was put into the science curriculum for public schools in England. <laughs> but an inconvenient truth was so packed full of false and exaggerated claims, the schools got sued. It's known as the Dimock case, D-I-M-M-O-C-K. The judge ruled that an inconvenient truth contained nine scientific errors and thus must be accompanied by an explanation of those errors before being shown to any public school children. The judge said that showing the film without the explanations of error would be a violation of education laws. <laughs> Let me just grab one quick passage from the ruling, quote, Mr. Gore has established his case that the views in the film are political by submitting that he promotes an apocalyptic vision which would then be used to influence a vast array of political policies, end quote. <laughs> it is such a great ruling. So an inconvenient truth is packed full of scientific errors and Al Gore admits that the views are purely political, not scientific, and they are designed to influence policy. It's all a big fat pack of lies intentionally designed to influence policy. But more importantly, we should ask, did anyone pump the brakes on their climate hysteria after it was revealed that Al Gore just made it all up because he wanted to influence policy in a certain way? No, of course not. <laughs> Post-truth world, baby. The extremists didn't pump the brakes for a second. Here in the US and A, you may recall that Glacier National Park in Montana had put up warning signs for their visitors that were titled, Goodbye to the Glaciers. And on those signs, the National Park Service claimed that due to human-caused climate change, the glaciers would be gone by 2020. Well, 2020 came and went, and the glaciers were still there. All of them. Big as ever. In fact, most of them have been growing. You know what is gone, though? The no more glacier warning signs. Those have all been replaced. With what, you might ask? Let me read it to you. Quote, When the glaciers will completely disappear depends on how and when we act. One thing is consistent. The glaciers in the park are shrinking. End quote. <laughs> how badass is that? The National Park Service of the United States of America are such whacked out doomsday conspiracy theorists that they made signs that promised the end of the glaciers by 2020. Of course, they were completely fucking wrong. Did they pump the brakes and admit that they had gotten maybe a little hysterical and made some mistakes by overstating the threat of climate change? Fuck no, they didn't. Of course not. No, instead, they came back with yet another goofy doomsday rant about how the glaciers are shrinking, even though they aren't. <laughs> how does that happen? 
right? How does that happen? Well, it happens because element number one gets together with element number two and makes a post-truth world. And then element number three, the dominant culture, comes along and loves itself a cartoon where they're heroes saving the planet. So you can bet your sweet ass we're going to keep getting all kinds of crazy climate doomsday stuff for as long as the dominant culture of leftism is there. Doesn't matter that the glaciers didn't disappear by 2020. Doesn't matter that the glaciers are actually growing, just like it didn't matter when Al Gore puked out a bunch of scientific errors. Did you know that the Hollywood leftists gave Al Gore an Oscar? Yes, an Oscar, an Academy Award, was given to Al Gore for lying to the people about climate doom. <laughs> That's how far gone from reality we are. It'll be interesting to see how far they push the post-truth world envelope so they can get policy changes using the stupid climate doomsday fairy tales as the vehicle. All right, homies, until the next time, be good to each other. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb In the shape of an L on her forehead Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running Didn't make sense not to